You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 125 of the Blended Family Podcast. I'm taking a break from mental health awareness, which is what we're focusing on all month. The last two shows were a little heavy, the last three actually. So this week I'm lightening it up. Mother's Day is this coming Sunday, so this is my Mother's Day special. I'm featuring three mom podcasters who I feel are making a big impact in the world. This show is going to be longer than usual, but I think you'll find great value in it, and I know you are going to love the women that I've chosen. No other announcements today. We're going to jump right into our first interview. Enjoy. Joining me today is Sean Fink. Sean is the founder of the Abundant Mama Project and the author of The Playful Family and The Abundant Mama's Guide to Savoring Slow. She's the mother of twin girls, Jaden and Liana, and a family wellness coach for mothers around the world. Her work has appeared in the Huffington Post, mindbodygreen.com, scarymommydrgreen.com, and the Shriver Report. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Melissa. It is such a pleasure to be here. So when I decided to find a couple of mom-focused podcasts to feature on my Mother's Day show this year, I knew that it would be hard, not because mom podcasts are hard to find, but because there are so many, and I didn't want to choose just anything or anyone. So I researched, and I came across your show, The Abundant Mama Show, and I started listening to it. And right away, I knew you were a perfect fit. My listeners and I have blended families, which can cause lots of overwhelm and chaos, and you help moms with that. So before we get into your business side of things, I would love to know a little bit more about you. Tell us about your family and the journey that brought you to building the Abundant Mama brand. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to tell you that I was raised in a blended family. Uh, So I'm very, uh, I have a big heart for what you're doing and the work that you're putting out there. So it's very important. Thank you. so my family, let's see, in my journey as a mom, I have twin girls, as you said, and um, everybody everybody always asks, do you have any more? And I always think, no, that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and we, uh, we live a pretty simple life, unlike a lot of the bloggers and the podcasters these days. Uh, we are pretty much homebodies. We like to be in the backyard or out on hikes. And, um, we're very, very close, uh, knit. My girls are 11 and, uh, we, you know, family is everything to us. That's wonderful. And I actually didn't know that you grew up in a blended family. How was that for you? It was difficult. (laughs) It was difficult. I, I, my stepfather, um, it, well, I, I had a step, I have a stepfather and we we're not very close at all. So, um, I think that there's a lot of work to be done for, you know, bringing that bridging the, the blended family together so that everybody can get along. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now tell us more about abundant mama. What exactly is your mission and how are you going about creating change in the world? Yeah. Abundant Mama mission is really, really quite simple. We help 
very busy, and, and we're all very busy, by the way, moms, find that peaceful, calm wisdom that they need to live a slow, peaceful, and calm life with their kids and their families. And it started out as a blog. Like, um, you know, I was, a, I was a writer. Um, that was my, my background and, uh, decided I needed to just keep writing. And, uh, what, what ended up happening is I, I wrote a, a four week course called the abundant mama project and it became extremely popular. And then I rebranded and, and became, uh, the abundant mama project, um, entirely. And, um, So it's all really based around this four-week course that women take and then they tell their friends about and then their friends come in and (laughs) it's got this lovely little um, word of mouth uh, viral effect that goes on. And the whole premise for me personally is that I feel like peace begins with us. And if we're going to see it in the world, it really starts at home with mom uh, and when mom is feeling happy the whole family can hopefully feel happy. Uh, and if not, mom at least has the tools to help the family get there <laughs> most of the time anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I love what you're doing too, because that's one thing that I always say. The one thing that I always want more than anything is just peace. I just want to feel peaceful. And as you know, with a blended family, that can be really hard a lot of the time. And I agree with you. You can't expect anyone else to bring you that peace. You have to find it within yourself. So I just love what you're doing. Um, So I think that as moms, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We think we need to be perfect. We need to get everything right. If we don't, then we feel like a failure. And I know that you work with women every day. So why do you think this is? Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah, uh, you know, this This is such an interesting topic, and, and I feel like I'm still figuring it all out, especially as we evolve, and I believe that the, uh, you know, the feminine is really starting to become more and more common, especially in the, the blogosphere and in podcasts, and I think that we're starting to wake up from a really long, long, long nightmare of uh, always doing things the hard way, mm. and if you are you know, it, you just have to work really hard at everything. And, and, as, and I'm somebody who works really hard and has always worked really hard and grew up, you know, working very hard. And I think it's just ingrained that we, we have to keep pushing ourselves. And, uh, and then it becomes a cycle and we teach our kids to do that as well which I think is a really hard line to walk, by the way. Uh, you know, how, how hard do we push them without making them go crazy and become perfectionists too? <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, I think that it's, we are born with it and we, you know, we're not really born with it, but we're raised with it. And so we just grow up thinking this is how it's got to be. We got to get to the next thing. We have to work really hard and it has to be perfect. And, and as far as failure goes, I mean, we look around right now is the worst time to be a mom. I mean, you can get on Instagram, you can get on Pinterest and you can get on Facebook and you can see everybody else's perfect pictures and perfect, you know, cakes and parties that they're throwing. And you don't see the fails that often. Uh, so it can be really easy to, to reflect that back to you going, well, why doesn't, you know, my things don't turn out like that. So I must not be good enough. And uh, which is a big, big message that I, I work with women on is, is not feeling like they are enough or that they don't do enough or that they don't have enough. Um, and so 
the the pressure and and it really is completely on us we we create it for our own uh our own fun pleasure <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right. We are constantly comparing ourselves to everybody else. And we know that it's wrong because, you know, you have no idea what's going on in that person's life behind closed doors. You should never judge or compare. Um, So I love that you said that. And I do want to go back to the whole thing about the peace, because I told you that I'm constantly seeking peace, peace in my home and just an overall sense of peace in my body that I just can't seem to achieve. I get it sometimes, but not all the time. And I don't think I'm the only woman who feels that way. Moms of blended families often feel this way, that we just can't find the level of peace that we truly want. So I would love for you to talk about this a little, because this is what you do. How do you go about teaching moms to find that inner peace? Yeah. Well, um, and I know we're going to talk about the four-week program and, and the, the foundations of, of what I teach a little bit later. But, you know, I, I have a client actually who just um, recently returned to me after a while. She had been, she took a little time off and she comes and she has a stepdaughter and um, we were having this conversation and, and I loved what she what she's come around to in, in the work that we're doing. And that's that her daughter, she said her stepdaughter has never hugged her. And all she can ever do is just be there for her. Mm. And I thought what that, that is exactly the message that I try to relay to women that no matter what is going on in your house, mm. <laughs> it can be off the hook, right? Um, the, 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 the notion of peace really just comes from within. And as long as we can stay strong and calm through whatever storm is happening, and I know it's really difficult, and I have been there where I have not been strong and calm, but as long as we can tap into that place, wherever it is, whatever it is, for me, it's on my bed um, to just, my bed is like my haven. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if the kids are doing something that I am frustrated about, I just go there. Um, now that the weather is nice, I have a little place that I sneak off to in the backyard also. Um, but you can't always do that when you have little, little kids. So peace really is, it's an inside job. And so no matter the chaos that goes on, as long as you realize that it's entirely up to you to keep it, it makes it a lot easier. Um, rather than thinking that you have to control everything and everyone around you. For, and for you to feel the peace. Right, because uh, you can't. So, yeah, no, you can't. Uh, we try, <laughs> right? Yes. We all really try. Um, I've been trying for like 12 years, and it's, <laughs> I can tell people it does not work. You can stop, and you can rest, and you can go and lay down on your bed and, uh, and meditate or read a book <laughs> or paint your nails or something, but you don't have to uh, control them because they're probably not going to be uh, easily controlled. Yes, that is so true. So I I definitely want to dig more in here. And I've heard you speak about the four pillars of being an abundant mama. So please talk about those for us. Yes. Um, So again, this is how um, my whole project began. I was, I, I, when my girls were born, I had a few, the first couple of years were really hard for me. Uh, my mom had moved away 700 miles away and I felt very alone. We lived in a city, um, that people didn't really want to come down and visit us in. And, uh, I didn't have many visitors in that first year. And I felt very, by the end of the first year and into the second year, I really felt very bitter and sour, which is, I talk a lot about the land of bitter and sour in my work. And I knew something had to change 
And so I just started doing a lot of work, a lot of inner work. And uh, what I ended up coming to were these four pillars. And then that's what the, the class is based around. And separately, they all work great, um, and, but we do them all at once um, in, in a series of um, exercises. And so the first is cultivating a grateful heart. Gratitude is everything to a mom who's feeling tired and overwhelmed. And I know it's so hard to, to say, well, you know, <laughs> what do you mean be grateful for all of this? <laughs> Believe me, I get that. Um, but once you figure out how to find, how to tap into that gratefulness, uh, it can be so, so powerful to get through the really hard times. Nurturing your inner mama spirit is the second pillar. Uh, that is um, the word I used to use and everybody else uses is self-care, although I've been telling all of my current class, I'm no longer calling it self-care. It's, it's self-love. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I teach. I teach, so, I teach women how to, how to really find self-love um, because self-care is great. You know, you can go out, you know, you take a walk maybe, or you go to the spa for a day or a half a day, or maybe you just go shopping, whatever it is that you call your self-care. A lot of it is out, outer, uh, outer things that um, are great when you're in it, but when you get home, you don't feel so good anymore. And yeah. so uh, the nurturing your inner mama spirit, we really, I really promote um, inner healing, inner things that you can do um, that are going to fill you up very quickly and easily throughout your day that you don't have to escape the kids to do it. Um, and so that's our second week. Um, third week is learning to trust and let go. Um, this is still the most challenging part for me. And it's the part that I have to practice all the time. And most of the, most people have to keep practicing it over and over, uh, because we're such control freaks as we talked about earlier, um, with being perfectionists and just wanting the very best for our kids. Uh, so learning to trust and let go, um, is a very powerful week. Um, and, and part of being an abundant mama. Uh, and when I do that, by the way, um, my life is so much easier. <laughs> I just have to remind myself a lot about it. Yeah. Um, finally, the, the fourth week, which is always my favorite, is nourishing your playful side because, you know, let's face it, we're here. We have a job to do. It's very busy. Uh, we can take it very, very seriously or we can play and have fun and just make life so much more enjoyable. And so that fourth week is all about, you know, taking the boredom and the mundaneness and the medioc mediocrity out of our lives and adding some fun and some play and some laughter and some joy again. I love this so much. And I know that it's going to speak to my listeners because I actually talk about a lot of these issues in the show. And you know, that, that number three, that learning to trust and let go. I mean, you're, you're approaching the teenage years. I I've got four teenagers and I tell you that is huge when you're raising teenagers because you just really lose all control over them. And you have to keep reminding yourself that it's going to be okay and that they have their path and you can just guide them as much as you can. But I love everything that you said here. Gratitude is huge. Um, I always recommend people keeping a little gratitude journal because it's very easy to get negative, but you can't, you can't have fear and anger and bitterness when you're feeling grateful. So, um, but everything here is wonderful. I love all of that. And you also offer a free ebook called The 10 Habits of Highly Effective Mamas. And I won't go over them all here, but I was looking it over. And number three on that really spoke to me. 
And um, that was do nothing often. And doing nothing is something I don't allow myself. If I have a free moment, I will quickly find something to do that can be productive. See, because I'll feel guilty if I'm not being productive every second of the day. And my husband will tell me, Melissa, just sit down for a minute. And I'll argue because in my mind, I'm if I'm not being productive, I'm being wasteful of my time. So can you talk about that one a little bit for us? Yeah, sure. I love that one. I've been talking about that for years and it's always the, it's always the, the one thing that I bring up that gets the most, um, controversy. (laughs) If any woman's going to get mad at me during my class, it is always on the lesson that says you don't have to do anything today or right now or this hour. And then I get emails or or comments. What do you mean? I can't just let my whole life fall apart. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Cause that's what I meant. (laughs) Let your whole life fall apart. Um, What I have found is that for me and and most of the women that I have worked with, and and at this point it's been thousands um, all over the world we're not really very effective, or at least we're not as effective as we think we are when we're exhausted. And when we take even just 10 or 15 minutes to do nothing where we are not responsible for anyone's welfare or the dishes or, you know, cleaning, um, we actually can rest and rejuvenate ourselves in a way that we can't do by shoving it all in and getting it all done. And then we go back to our lives, in this case, particularly with our kids, and we feel better. Um, And we are more joyful. And we are more peaceful. And we can make better decisions because we are not burned out and stressed and angry and resentful because we've just been doing all the things. (laughs) Yeah, that that's something that I definitely need to work on. Um, I mean, I don't even, I say that I don't even have time to meditate and you know what they say about those people that we need it even more. So, um, but yeah, I have to just carve out some time for myself. I don't do it often enough. And so, um, I'm definitely going to work on that one. You know, one of the things that I really tell women is if you're trying to start a habit like that, it's best to do it, um, with something else that you are, you know, sort of around the same time that you would do something else. Um, you know, so if you get up in the morning, uh, or at night, you know, those are obviously really good times to have to add something into a routine. But for me, um, you know, I like to drink water during the day and a lot of times just filling up my glass of water and then sitting down to do nothing is a, it's a nice reminder. Like, okay, that's right. I can, I'm allowed to drink a glass of water and sit here. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And for the listeners, if you want to know the other nine habits, just go to Sean's website and click free ebook right at the top. And if any of what we talked about today speaks to you, you have got to check out her podcast. It's fabulous. And her website for so much valuable information and her course, of course, which sounds wonderful to me. Sean, before we go, I'd love for us to get to know you just a little bit more. And since we're celebrating Mother's Day, I'd like to ask you some questions focused on well, motherhood. So what is the thing that you enjoy most about being a mom? I love the creativity that, and the fun that I get to do with my kids. Um, in fact, just before this call, my daughter was like, Mom, can I do your nails? Oh, and I was like, okay. So she set up a little chair in the hallway with a little card table. And uh, she. T- it was like I was in the salon. I got to pick my own color. And uh, then she did my nails. Um 
And she, yeah. So, you know, I, all, I, I, I tell people, I don't know what I'm going to do when they leave the house because my husband doesn't like to do all these girly things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> well, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Um, especially, you know, as they pull away too, when they turn teenagers, then it's like, no, what happened? You used to want to spend so much time with me. Like for you, you used to want to do my nails. Why do you want to go out with your friends now? I know. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm, I know. I, you have time. You have time. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of time, Sean. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what makes you proudest as a mom? When they master something that they didn't think that they could master. My daughter was mowing the grass the other day. Um, and, well, and she had started the mower too. It was, you know, push mower and just this, to see the smiles, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, when they're little and they, and they, you see all the phases, it's so nice, but when they get bigger and you, it's those little moments are so few and far between that when I see the proud smile of true mastery, um, I, it just makes me, it, it, I don't know, it gives me little chills really. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing them get something or, um, you know, just mastering something that is really important to them, not, you know, not necessarily to me, but it's the things that are important to them. Oh, totally. And so what is your best mom superpower? I think I might know what it is just from talking to you, but go ahead. <laughs> oh gosh, really? I'm wondering what, know what you think. Um, my best mom's superpower is probably helping them navigate their feelings. Okay. They, good. Yeah. They're highly, uh, highly emotional girls. And, uh, we all are, uh, all three of us and my poor husband <laughs> and dog. Um, and it's been, you know, when I was a kid, you just didn't have feelings like you, it was be happy or nothing. Right. Um, my, our kids, this generation is growing up in a very different way. And I think that my ability to help them understand their feelings and not be afraid of them is, has been a very powerful superpower. That's kind of my superpower too. And I was going to say something similar for you, just that you, you seem like a very grounded patient mom. So I was going to say something along the lines of that. You're probably just really calm and patient with the kids. Most that was my time, guess. Yeah. Most of the time I, I wouldn't have given myself that because I have my moments. We all have our moments. <laughs> I can't give myself a hundred percent. Therefore, I probably wouldn't say it, but, but yeah, my, my daughter will say you're, you're very patient mom. Yeah. You know, especially after I've not been patient and then I feel bad. Well, you almost have to be with the work that you do. I mean, it's constantly, you're constantly learning with your clients every day. So absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the next question, what do you want your kids to remember most about their childhood? I want them to remember that we laughed and we had fun and we didn't take life too seriously. Great. And the last question, if you had to name three positive adjectives about you as a mother, what would they be? Peaceful, creative, and grateful. I love it. Thank you for answering those questions. And for those of you listening, I encourage you to ask yourself those same questions. You'll notice this time I didn't ask questions like, what is your biggest struggle or what do you dislike about being a mom? We always have time for those kinds of things. But today is really about getting you to realize your power as a woman and mother and getting you to look at the positive qualities in yourself. Sean, before we go, I'd love for you to offer any last words of wisdom or encouragement for my listeners. Yeah, I, you know, I was just going to say it's okay to mess up. 
And, and when we do, it's really okay and really beautiful to say we're sorry. Uh, I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit in that area. And uh, when we do mess up as moms or as kids, it's, uh, it's human. And just being big enough to say, hey, I messed up and I'm sorry about that. Yes, that's wonderful advice. And happy Mother's Day, Sean. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. And listeners, connect with Sean at the Abundant Mama website, which is AbundantMama.com, and learn how you can become an Abundant Mama as well. And also listen to her podcast, The Abundant Mama Show. All of her links will be in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for our next Featured Mom podcast. My next mom podcaster today is Mary Grace. Mary is the host of the Global Mom Show podcast, a show that helps moms cultivate a global perspective in their own life and in their children's. Mary Grace is a wife, a mom of three boys, a former expat and development worker, and a freelance writer for nonprofits and businesses. She has a master's degree in intercultural service, leadership and management from the SIT Graduate Institute, and she has studied and worked abroad in Germany and India and traveled many other places as well. Today, she makes her home in the U.S., where one of her goals is to stay connected with a global view of life. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks for being here. Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much for having me today. That's quite a bio, and I wanted to feature you because I think your mission is very cool and very unique. So tell us exactly what the Global Mom Show is and also why you started it. Sure. Well, the Global Mom Show is a series of podcasts where I talk with moms around the world. A lot of them are Americans. Some of them are from different parts of the of the globe. And some of them are expats. Some of them are immigrants. And we talk about what it means to be a global mom and what it means to pass on intercultural understanding to our kids. So I've talked with, um, with authors, with bloggers, with you know, educators, all about different ways that we can live and share our passion for the world with our children. And a lot of people on the show have traveled abroad or studied abroad or lived abroad, but not everyone. And so it's really a place because I have, you know, I've lived abroad, as you said in my bio, and I've studied abroad. And I always thought that I would do that kind of thing with my kids. And then you have kids. And I mean, my kids are only seven five and two. So we're, I'm kind of early in this whole motherhood thing. You know, we're not too far into it. And we have not lived overseas. We have not been able to travel. We have not been able to do all those things. And I've kind of, I've gotten through some of those early years of, you know, sleeplessness, diapers, feeding, all that kind of stuff. And you get to a point now I have a seven-year-old and it's like, gosh, I want to pass on the values that I hold about the world and other cultures and other people with him. And I need to be intentional about doing that because it's not just going to happen. It's not like that's really something that is just ever present in our society because we get so caught up in our own life and our own world of mothering. We don't really have time unless we're intentional about it to pass on the things that we value to our kids and to really foster that kind of attitude and openness, compassion, diversity, understanding and awareness with our kids. So I wanted to see how I could better do that. And for that, I've been interviewing and connecting with moms around the world to do that. So that's kind of a little bit of the story. 
I love that so much. And I think that you're right. If you're not intentional about it, you just don't think about those kind of things. We have, some of us have a very narrow view of things where we live and we just don't think to teach our children. that. So I love what you're doing. What are some of the types of topics that you cover? Well, we've talked about, you know, how to teach your kid a second language. If that's something that you want to do, maybe you learned another language in college or in high school, or maybe you didn't, but you find that it's important for your own kids. So I've talked with a couple people about how to do that. We've talked a little bit about traveling with kids and, you know, one mom, she was basically on welfare in the U.S. and decided, I am tired of this. And she found a job in Dubai took her three kids and moved over there by herself as a single mom and lived there for like three or four years and traveled the world and had a totally different lifestyle and life change all because she decided to make that that difference. You know, I've talked with the author, um, Homa Sabat Tavangar, and she has written a book, Growing Up Global, that talks about movies and books and all these amazing resources that you can bring into your home to help your kids connect with other cultures, other religions, other races, other ethnicities, and all of that, and how to bring those resources into your home. So those are a couple of the things that we've done. That sounds great. You know, with everything going on in the world today, I think it's really becoming important to educate our children. There are a lot of people that don't think it's necessary to teach our kids what is going on in the world outside of our own areas. And there are others like myself who want to teach our kids, but we have such a limited view. So I love what you're doing. It gives those of us an opportunity to learn without having to travel. I actually haven't traveled outside of the U.S., so my view Mm -hmm. is very limited, I'm sure. So, But I'd love to know, when it comes to parenting or motherhood, what do you find is very different about that in other countries? Well, I'll give you a couple examples about this because, um, for example, my sister lives in Africa and, you know, her, her baby, she's raising her as kind of an American would with some of the same things that are so common in our society, like nap time and set meal times and, you know, nursing on a certain schedule and those types of things. And then she sees her other friends with their African children. And she's like, how can they just tell their kid to go lay down on a mat? And the kid goes and lays down and sleeps. Yeah. And it's like, she's like, that would never happen. I, I can't do this. I don't know how they're doing this. And one of her friends said, Ellen, it's not just that, that they're doing. They're doing everything different than you. Everything. The whole mindset is different. And I listened to, um, I'll have to look for an article for you to put in the show notes from this anthropologist couple that have studied parenting around the world. And they say, parents raise kids for different outcomes. So in America, we raise our kids to be um, very independent and very, in some cases, individualistic. That's a goal. So we ask them from an early age, you know, what do you want to do? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Do you want to eat this? Do you like this? Mm. Oh, sit down. Do you want to get up? Are you tired? Are you ready to take a nap? And in other cultures, they say, it's dinner time. And now we're going to eat. And it's nap time. Now we're going to nap. I mean, it's a lot less about the choice and about like, if you're in a room with a bunch of grownups and you're being loud, like just go lay on the mat, on the mat and be quiet because you need to think of the whole community and not just yourself. So it's a it the whole different approach and you get different outcomes because of because of your approach. I mean, 
that's that's one example. I don't know if you want me to, to no, tell some more. But. That's that's actually really interesting. And I, I think that the whole thing of giving kids so many choices kind of came with this latest, with our generation of children that we're raising. I mean, because when I was young, we didn't have as much choices. Our parents were more... Right you know, a little bit more strict. And this generation, it's all about give your kids options. And they, you know, it's very, very different. But it's interesting to know that it's not like that all around the world. And so on the same topic, what do you find maybe stays the same when it comes to parenting or motherhood all across the world? What are some similarities? Well, one of the things that they have found this anthropologist couple that I mentioned and that other researchers have found is that, I mean, for the most part, whatever parenting style you pick, your kids are still going to be okay. And they're going to fit into their culture and their society. So if you decide to co-sleep, then that's great. And if you decide not to, that's fine too. And if you decide to give your kids set meal times, you know, that's that's great. And if not, then they're going to grow up and they're going to snack more often. That doesn't make their... Um, that doesn't, those are habits, but that doesn't necessarily affect their kindness, their compassion, their love for other people. And those are the things that are really the same around the world is that all parents want their kids to grow up and live joyful, successful lives and have good relationships. And all parents want to show their kids, you know, understanding and kindness and compassion. And all parents want the same things for their kids. And in in fact, I mean, a lot of the, the same traits, if you say, what is a friend? What is love? Those ideas will be the same across all cultures. What does it mean? It means to be listened to. It means to be cared about. It means to be thought of. It means to be considered. It means to be to have someone help you with something when you need help. And those are the things that are really the same across all cultures. The other things are different ways of expressing them. And those might be very different, but the root and the core of the human being, that's what's the same. I love that. That makes a lot of sense too. And then Mary, if we turn our focus onto the children, I feel like this is a tough time to be raising kids. And I'm sure maybe our parents said that when we were young, but it just seems especially difficult right now. And here in the U.S., at least where I'm located, There are a lot of entitled kids and teenagers, and added to that, social media issues are spiraling out of control. And I don't know if this is all over the world or if it's contained to the U.S. So can you talk about that a little? I'd love to know if there are other parts of the world that we can learn from with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that in some ways it is happening around the world, but to different degrees. I mean, for Western nations that have a lot of the same issues that we have with... um, with like massive um, importing of goods and, you know, availability of so many items. Like we can go to Walmart and buy anything. We can get stuff on Amazon. We can buy things all over, you know, whatever we need online. That kind of immediate gratification, that's not the same everywhere. So if you go in certain areas of the world, there still is a, a lack of access to goods and to to things that you need. There's a lot of poverty. There's and there's poverty in the US. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing right. poverty, but there is a lot more access in certain places of the world than than others. Now, as far as the social media and things like that, I'm I'm not really sure how that is escalating in other parts of the globe. I think, you know, sometimes we think it's only America when really, I mean, any country with access to the internet is having a lot of the same 
types yes. of issues. And one of the things that I like to, that I've recently gotten into is um, the Humans of New York thread. I don't know if you followed him at all, but he, this guy has all, has taken pictures of people all over New York city. And he kind of tells a short little story about them, but he's also been traveling in South and Central America recently. And he's been picking up stories of people there. And so many of the stories are really universal. Some of the teenagers are struggling with drugs or alcohol or teen pregnancy or their parents being in poverty, or some of them are going on into, into um, great careers, but they feel disconnected from other people because they're so involved in their work. I mean, so it's, that's a really interesting thing is because it shows pictures from all around the world of people that are experiencing the same things. So I can't speak directly to, you know, every situation, but there's a lot happening in the world. I mean, people are pretty connected throughout the whole world. So it's, it's a challenge raising kids in this connected generation for sure. It definitely is. And it just seems like it's spiraling out of control. We're just getting, the technology is growing quicker than I think we can all handle. But, um, and so the last question about global mom is why do you think we all need to raise children that are more globally minded? Why is this so important? Well, there's a variety of reasons, and I ask parents to figure out what their reason is for themselves and for their own family. What's your why? Why is it important to you? So it's going to be different for me than it will be for you and for the next person. For me, first of all, I think it's fascinating. I think it's amazing, and it shows the creativity of the world and of everyone in it, and I love learning about other people and their traditions, their cultures, their music, their food, all of that. I just think enriches my own life and makes it more full because I get to experience all these things and learn new things. So that's, it's something that I'm really interested in myself. That's one of my reasons. The next one that really I think is universal is because the world is continually becoming more global and that includes immigration and that includes also living and working overseas. And our kids who grow up, they're not going to be living in a bubble of people that look just like them, talk just like them, eat just like them, think just like them. They're going to have to learn how to communicate and thrive with people from different cultures. And if we don't do that, then we're missing out on the richness that that can bring into their, into their lives. And we're actually not giving them the tools that they need to be able to thrive in the coming years of their life. And so that's really important to me. The other one is simply for me because there are so many people that are disadvantaged and oppressed worldwide. And if we continue to live in ignorance of that, then we are contributing to that oppression. So the less we know, the more what we are doing with our purchasing and our policies and our lifestyle is actually contributing to other people in other parts of the globe not having the same opportunities and the same lifestyle and chances and choices that we can have. So if we can help kids understand how our choices, our purchases, our policies, and our ideas and thoughts are affecting people in China and in South Africa and in South America, then maybe we can change some of that. Maybe we can start changing that. And maybe our kids can be a part of bringing more equality around the world. 
I love it. It's brilliant. And so since it's Mother's Day, I just want to end by asking you some personal questions about your journey as a mom. So are you ready for that? Yes, these are going to be hard. (laughs) What is the thing you enjoy most about being a mom? I think one of the things is getting to share things I love with my kids. So, you know, just the fact that I love other cultures and I love other foods and music and people, getting to share that with my kids is such a privilege. And it's really fun when you get to share something and you see their eyes light up and say, oh, mom, I love this Indian dish that you made. Oh, mom, yeah, you lived in Germany. Oh, that's really cool. And I think all parents like that, you know, whether it's sports or whether it's, you know, music or a certain activity, when you share that with your kids and you see their face light up, it, it really brings a lot of joy. Definitely. What makes you proudest as a mom? Everything. (laughs) I think just, you know, just seeing my kids grow and watching them make good choices, you know, choosing to be kind or choosing to forgive. If it's something that we've worked on a lot, like instead of hitting this person or instead of lashing out, let's try to respond kindly. And then seeing them actually do that is it just makes you really, really happy, proud, and relieved. And the other thing is just seeing them get excited about something that they're learning or doing and, and seeing them get better at it. Yes. And I've heard that answer before too. Absolutely. What is your best mom superpower? Okay. This one is really hard because I don't feel like I have any superpowers and I'm not trying to be like um, denigrating to myself or something like that. But I think I'm like, you know, I'm in a season in my life where it, it kind of feels like everything is a little bit out of control. Like there's not a lot of orders. Mm -hmm. Everything is just, you know, you go through different seasons. We've been traveling for the last four months and we just got back last week to our home. And so everything's out of whack. We're getting on a new routine and a schedule and all of that. And I think my superpower at this point is letting my kids know that you don't have to have everything perfect in life and that it's okay not to be superwoman that, you know, you can take a break and you, if you make a mistake, you just start over again. And that's, you don't have to be perfect because I'm kind of a living example of, okay, well, I screwed that up. We're just going to try again. (laughs) Well, I think we're all like that, but just from talking to you for this little bit of time, I would even venture to say that your superpower is that you are such a globally minded mom and that you are able to teach your children things like this that most of us don't even think about. So that's what I I would say that. But um, yeah, of course. And so um, next question is, what do you want your kids to remember most about their childhood? I think there's a couple things. I mean, the one is that I would love for them to remember a joyful home. And I think rather than specific memories from childhood, a lot of us just have impressions of what our home felt like. And I remember feeling very comfortable and safe growing up. And I want my kids to feel that as well. And I know that I tend to be kind of task oriented and serious and just want to get things done, like clean the room, pay the bills, cook dinner, get your clothes on, boom, boom, boom. Let's go throughout the day. And without realizing it, I find myself just barking orders and being a taskmaster. But I really want a more fun, more joyful home and more enjoying the moment. And that's one of the things that I that I really want to do is give my kids this joy and love for the world and share that with them. That's something that my parents did with me, even in small ways. And I want to be able to share that with my kids so that they have a broader perspective and know that, you know, just because 
you can't find the one shoe that you want to wear right now doesn't mean the whole world is going to fall apart because it doesn't revolve around you and your one shoe. I mean, you have like five pairs of shoes. There's some people in the world that don't have any. So get over it and move on. You know, there's kind of a tough love kind of thing with this global perspective is like, it really does start to change everything for you. I bet. I bet. And the, the last question, and this might be the hardest for most women it is, if you have to name three positive adjectives about you as a mother, what would they be? Well, I had to call in my girlfriends on this one. I was like, I, you know, people don't know this stuff about themselves or maybe I'm just not very self-aware. That's why but. I'm asking the question because I know that's, that's something as women, we don't give ourselves credit for anything. And so that is exactly why I have this question. Go ahead. That's great. Okay. Well, um, I am very resourceful. So, you know, whether it's finding resources for global living, for recipes that don't have my kids' food allergies in them, for doctors and medical help, for some of the issues that we've dealt with, for finding friends or connections. I think I'm very resourceful in finding what we need to make our family thrive. Um, the second one would be intentional. And I think this is important. And something I've just really realized in the last couple of years is, okay, I can't just slide by here. I can't just keep doing what I thought was going to work. And you know, it's not about just the physical needs at this point. You have to be really intentional about giving your kids the values that are important to me. And how am I going to do that? And so finding ways to make that happen and go out of my way to find the books, to find the resources, to find the music. We're not just going to take whatever is given us. I want to find what I want my kids to know about and what I want them to learn and to love. So being intentional. And the third one is being determined. And I think I've always been a little bit determined and I see this kind of in my kids. It's also known as stubbornness, but um, I'm choosing to call it determined because I think it's, it can be such a valuable asset as being, you know, persevering and saying, you know, we are not living a perfect life and we don't have all of our values coming out for, for our family right now that we want to. And like I said earlier, you know, everything's a bit of a mess right now. It's not perfect, but I'm determined that we are going to continue and we're not going to give up. We're going to keep striving. We're going to keep trying. And eventually over time, our kids are going to understand what are our values, you know, how we're going to do our best to give them the tools and resources that they need to live a life of joy and success in the future. Mm, I love hearing everybody's answers. It's wonderful. Uh, we do need to wrap up, but before we do, Mary, do you have any words of advice for my listeners before we go? Yes. Um, first of all, just think if you want to give your family a global perspective and especially your kids, you know, it's not about just um, a bunch of crafts about another culture or reading a book here or there. You really need to think about yourself and how can your perspective change? Because I find that when moms fill themselves up with things that, you know, feed their soul and, and teach them and where they learn, then it's a lot easier to pour that out to your kids and to give that to your kids. So I have created a, a short PDF that's free on my website. It's called 10 Ways to Create a Global Life No Matter Where You Live. And there's 10 ideas in there. They range from putting a map up in your dining room or living room to all the way to diversifying your media intake and getting new music and new songs, all the way to you know hosting a foreign exchange student. So there's a lot of different things for a lot of different families and lifestyles. And this is just a quick, easy way that you can say, okay, here's 10 things. I could do two of them. 
at least. And that would help me with my global perspective. So I think the main thing with anything is you have to decide if this is a value for you. And then you have to be intentional and take steps to start moving toward that. So it can be books that you read. It can be music that you listen to. It can be talking openly about racism and diversity in your home. It's not a one and done conversation. It's an entire mindset shift that gets us out of thinking that we're the center of everything and gets us into thinking about how our decisions shape the rest of the world. So there's that little PDF that kind of gets us started and my kids just ran in the room. So you can probably that's totally okay. We're we're just about done here. And that was great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and a big happy Mother's Day to you, Mary. Thanks. You too. So Thanks so much for having me. Of course. And listeners, check out Mary's show, The Global Mom Show, and her website, theglobalmom.com. So you can learn more about her mission. You can also sign up to get her free guide, 10 Ways to Create a Global Home No Matter Where You Live. She also has a Facebook community called The Global Moms Network, where she and other globally-minded moms talk about books, food, travel, raising kids, and more, all from a global perspective. And I will be sure to add all of her links in the show notes for you as well. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our last interview. My next mom podcaster is Casey DeStefano. Casey is an accomplished director producer with more than 20 years experience in film and TV. She's worked with companies such as NBC, Fox, HBO, DreamWorks, Universal Studios, the Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon. Currently, she owns her own boutique marketing agency where her team specializes in utilizing video to help women-led businesses build strong, powerful brands. In addition, Casey is the host of the hit podcast, Women with Balls in the Air, where she coaches her audience to have successful careers and abundant family lives without pulling their hair out. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Melissa. You said the podcast title correctly. I did because I Thank listened you. to your show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a tough one because you have to put the pause in there so it makes sense. Exactly. Uh, so the reason I chose you for the show today is that you are a mom who teaches other moms that they can totally balance career and family and they can be happy while doing it. And that definitely speaks to me because I am a working mom and so are most of my listeners. Before we get into talking about the show, first, I'd love to know some more about you, about your background and your family. Um, well, I before I had a family, I was, as you said, a television director. And um, then I met my husband in L.A. and everything changed. I finally got balance in my life and um, wasn't just a workaholic. And um, we got married. We have two children now, six and seven, a boy and a girl. And we now reside in New Jersey. And life has finally, what's the word, settled, I'd say. Because usually we've, you know, in the the jobs that we've had, we've always traveled. We've always lived different places. We we make jokes. We're, we're movers. Um, we've lived in a couple different houses, but now everything's has come together, and we're like, okay, we can do this. <laughs> nice. So let let's get back to that title. Your podcast is called Women with Balls in the Air. I love the title. And so tell us why did you name it that? You know it. It's really, it really encompasses my personality and what I believe in. And I know it's, it's, it's because one, it's cheeky and I, I hope that I have a good sense of humor and I'm always laughing and trying to make people laugh. Um, and it's about gumption also, um, being, and 
being tough and um, and being strong. And so that's the woman with balls kind of part of it. And then in the air is the balancing act that us mothers have to do um, in life, in working with business and children, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought it was a great combination to pull it all together and make it kind of cheeky. It is. It's great. And you're right. You do have to say it that way to really get the feel of it. Um, and I've been <laughs> yeah. listening to your show, Casey. I think it's great. For those listening who may not have heard about your show yet, tell us about it. What's your mission and what kind of topics do you cover on the show? Well, you know, my mission, when I when I first had my children, it was really really tough. I have to admit, like I was a full-fledged career woman, um, very ambitious, and I always know I wanted children, but I have got to admit to all the career moms out there who are or career women who are now moms, for me, it was really, really a huge transition, like a major hurricane in my life when I had children. And a lot of people don't talk about that. So I, being that person, I wanted to bring onto my podcast saying, you know, hey, career women, now that you're moms, it is tough because it is a big transition and I'm going to be here to help you get through it. Like I had women help me get through my transition and let you know that, Hey, you know, after you get the few years of mothering down and you, you, you get it, you can go back to business or you can go back to business right away, whatever's good for you, but you can do it. You just have to find your way. And that's really what we talk a lot about. I give business tips and talk to other moms who are, who are really doing well in business and who are, you know, have something to share with the um, audience that, hey, they can, if they can do it, you can do it too. Love that. And as a working mom myself, and I'm sure I can speak for almost every working mom when I say it is very hard to balance career and family. And some of us struggle more than others, but I think every one of us at some point feels the pain of this. And my listeners are moms and stepmoms and blended families. So that adds even more to balance. And I know this is yeah. what you teach. So please tell us how to do it. How do we find that balance? Well, you know, I always start with your passion. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll tell you why I think this. I think it's very important to know, to take the time to find out what you're passionate about. Um, because what passion does, passion fuels you and gives you so much more energy. And that's the key word is energy. I feel that if I was doing something that I didn't like that much, um, it would be so difficult to get up early, 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 early every morning and do that, do that. and then take care of the kids and take care of the house stuff and accept and take care of everything and take care of myself. And so I always say to people, please, please find what your passion is because your passion will fuel your energy, will fuel you to be able to have that energy to, to have a more balanced life and to be present in everything you, you do. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of it, sense. Yeah. yeah. I always tell people, and I even tell that to my kids now, they're getting older and I'm talking to them about their future career. And I always tell them, Find something that you love to do, and then the money will follow and your joy will follow because you have to be passionate about what you're doing in life. Otherwise, there's no fun and there's no joy. Even work, you can find joy in work if you're finding the right thing. So I definitely agree with you. Um, guilt. Guilt is an emotion that all moms face at some point, but I think working moms really feel it more often. I know for myself, um, 
I'm so busy. And when I get home from my day job, I have this podcast, which consumes many evenings or even weekends. And the kids might say to me, mom, but you never spend any time with us or you never just sit and relax with us. And then comes the guilt, the crushing feeling that one day when my kids grow up, they're going to tell their therapist that their mom didn't give them enough time. Or I wonder if I'm going to regret how much I worked down the road. But then I'm conflicted because I know that I'm working not only to support them, but I'm trying to create something to make something of myself. And I know that can be a positive thing for them to see as well. Would you say that a lot of women feel this way? And what can we do to help ourselves overcome those feelings of guilt? Um, Great question. And you're probably asking the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. Because I am a hard ass when it comes to guilt. Um, I believe guilt is a wasted emotion and I believe it sucks so much and not I believe it exists because I do feel it once in a while, but I really kind of kick myself in the butt when I start having those tendencies and feelings mm-hmm. because I know exactly everything you just said. I mean, you put it in a nutshell. I, I believe that more than I guess I guess what I should say about guilt is I believe more than anything that you need to put the air mask when you're in that airplane on you first. So then you can help everybody else. Yes. So then you can help your children. That simple little strategy there. I completely believe that. And I feel that we need as women, um, as moms, we need to do what makes us full and complete. So then we can be full and complete for our children. Um, I also do not believe at all that there is anything such thing as perfection. And I feel that a lot of us women, and me too, I used to, not anymore, used to subscribe to being a perfect mom, a perfect wife, a perfect businesswoman, et cetera, et cetera. So if you stop trying to be perfect, letting things go, uh, letting the control go, um, realizing that you're you're not always going to be on time. You're not always going to be there for your kids, just like you're not always going to be there for your husband and you're not always going to be there for yourself. And that is what makes you human. And that's okay. And I think it's good for our children to see us working, especially our daughters. And I think it's good to to show them we're not perfect because then they don't they don't feel like they have to be perfect all their life too. So I really don't, I try whenever I, Ever anyone, any of my friends or even listeners talk about guilt, I just try to get them out of that, that, that way of thinking because I, think I think it's unhealthy. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, and I totally agree. Yeah. Um, it's something that I'm working on for myself because I am a recovering perfectionist and mm-hmm. a little bit of a control freak and wants everything to be just so all the time. And I'm realizing now that I just turned 40 and it's just not always going to go the way that I want it to go. And I'm trying to calm that down a little bit. So can I tell you, Melissa, the women that I coach, when we talk about this, I give them a week challenge. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, please. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's very, it's, well, maybe it's not easy, but it's not too difficult. It doesn't take too much time and actually will save you a lot of time for one week, just one week. I want you to let everything not be perfect, right? So what does that mean? So maybe that might mean for you not making your bed, right? Um, not ma- letting them go, uh, not making them a healthy lunch. Letting them, and, and all these things, I want you to notice, you know, when you're doing it. Like, oh, like say for me, like personally, I love making my bed in the morning. It just makes me feel 
good. Um, I like just having my bedroom. The whole house could be a mess, but I like my bedroom being neat. But if I don't get to it, it's not a big deal. So all these little things, it might be something in your business. Maybe you don't get right back to a client as soon as they email you. Whatever it is, I would love for you to try not to be perfect or right on or right there and just take a note of it. Like when you go to bed at night, did I, did I not be perfect about this, this, and this? And then at the end of the week, let me know if you survived. Right, because the whole world is not going to come crashing down just because those things didn't go the way I wanted them to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And and you know what? You might, you're weak. You might even giggle a little bit more in your week. You might be feel like less stress. Yeah. But I would love for you to try that and see. And so then what it really is, is just, you know, proving to yourself it's okay to let things go. I love it. And I'm also going to encourage my listening moms today to do the same thing. So uh, everybody listening You do it too with me, and then we'll all report back in a week. Uh, So, Casey, one of the things that I have heard you talk about in your show is the value of waking up earlier. And I know that you have a free resource on your website called The Secret on How the Hell to Wake Up Early, a proven method to change your life. I definitely encourage my listeners to grab that on your site at caseydestefano.com. But I'd love for you to talk about that a little because I am not a morning person. So tell us why this is a good habit to get into. Okay. You know, it's so funny that you bring this up now because I, I just actually sent something out to my, to my listeners about just the opposite and I'll explain why. So yes, by far, I trust me, I am not a morning person. I mean, anyone who knows me from my mom, my dad, my husband, my kids, everybody. Um, so if and I, and I say this out loud so you understand that – and this has been since I've been born um, – that I am not a morning person. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's kind of – that's the message I'm trying to get out here. And it comes back to um, that first thing of passion. You know, When you have your passion and your goals in place, you're excited to wake up in the morning. And so again, it's, it's about, you know, finding your passion and knowing what you want to do and having a strategy and a plan and a schedule and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the, one of the things that I say about people waking up in the morning very early is don't shock when you, when you first want to try it, don't shock yourself into it. Cause that's just so cruel. That's such a cruel thing to do. Um, and just five minutes every, cause you know, you're going to, re- you're going to live the rest of your life. So you have plenty of time to do this. So you don't have to, you know, all of a sudden two hours earlier, you right. know, the next morning, that kind of thing. That's crazy. That's shocking your body. It, that it'll never work. It, you'll never stick. But if you just do maybe 10 minutes for a couple of days earlier, and then maybe 15 minutes for another couple of days until your body starts acclimating, acclimating yes. <laughs> to it. Um, that's like one of the, the biggest helps, um, by far, be, not rushing into it. But, you know, the other thing is once I, it took me a while to get there, even though I was very excited to wake up in the morning. But when you first start doing it and you do that 10 minutes, don't, don't throw yourself into doing something that's difficult or something that you don't like. You know, maybe it's just going on Facebook or maybe it's just listening to a little podcast a little bit or a mantra or whatever it is that you do, something that you really enjoy or finish, finishing reading that chapter of the book that you fell asleep on last night. Something that you want to get up for, something that's fun. Do not go and work out if you're not a person who likes to work out. Yeah. Don't take a shower, shock yourself, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really about doing it slowly, snowballing it, 
and doing things that you like. And then before you know it, you're getting up at, you know, 430, you're getting up at five, whatever time is good for you. And then you have like, like the goal and which what I do not all the time, but it depends on what my work cycle is, but you'll get up two hours before and do the hardest thing of your whole day. Do you know how awesome that feels that you have the hardest thing of your whole day done before the kids wake up? That would be fabulous. I'm actually trying to get my husband to start. He does CrossFit and he never has any energy mm-hmm. at night because we have a house cleaning business. So by the time we're done cleaning, mm-hmm. you know, six houses for the day, he doesn't want to go. And I told him that maybe we should start getting up earlier and you can go in the morning and he doesn't want to because he has his routine, but maybe we'll both do this together. And then I can start getting my work done in the morning while he goes to CrossFit. And I think that will help both of us, you know, kind of doing it together. Yeah. So yeah. That sounds great. Doing it together is awesome. That's that's double great. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> I'm gonna look at him and I'm gonna be angry if he's still sleeping and I have to get up. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well that's wonderful. So listeners, go grab that resource on uh, on her website. Uh, before we finish up, I really would like my listeners to learn a little bit more about you as a mom. After all, it is my Mother's Day special. So what is the thing that you enjoy most about being a mom? It's a lot, especially now at the age that they're at. It was hard in the beginning, but now I'm really enjoying motherhood. But I would say the, the they make me laugh so much. Yeah. They really do. And the way they look at things and their honesty. So I would really say, and the things that come out of their mouth at this age, this is the perfect time, six and seven. So I would say what I really, I just enjoy, I just enjoy laughing. I never knew I would laugh so much with being a mom. You brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought about that the I've been asking everyone these same questions and depending on where your children are in life, I imagine that you'd have completely different answers. So that was a really good point that you brought up. I mean, I'm raising teenagers now, so uh, it's kind of a difficult time. (laughs) But uh, my answers would definitely be different from that when they were, you know, elementary school age. So, okay, what makes you proudest as a mom? I would say, I would say my kids are really, really kind. Yeah. And that, that's, I, that's so important to me. Like they don't have to be the best in sports. They don't have to be, you know, the smartest in their grade, but this bit that they're very kind and I see how they interact with other kids and they, and they don't kill bugs and they don't want to cut up trees and vandalize and they try to pick up trash. And so Though being kind, I think I'm very proud of them for that. Yeah, you're you're raising good human beings. Uh, what is your best mom superpower? <laughs> um, what is my best mom superpower? Oh my, I got a good one. I have a good one for this. Okay, so my <laughs> it is really a superpower. So what I do with my kids, um, my son was having difficulty with homework and concentrating, et cetera, et cetera. And he absolutely hated homework at a very young age and still does. But, uh, so I create these characters, um, and I put accents with them, um, to, to get them, you know, motivated and doing whatever I need them to do. And I have my, their favorite one is Southern grandma. <sighs> and I do this, I put the, my scarf around my head and I put my glasses. So I look like a grandma and like, I hide my teeth and I, talking a Southern accent and, and I do that and I do a British accent. I do an Italian accent. So, and the Southern grandma one, like they'll ask me to do it in school in front of their friends. And now all their friends ask me to do it for them. <laughs> so, and Southern grandma can get anything out of them and anything done. So I would say my, 
my characters that I put on for them. <laughs> that is fat. I've never heard anything like that before. You sound like a fun mom. That is terrific. I love it. Um, next question. What do you want your kids to remember most about their childhood? Um, what would I love? I would say the, the love and warmth of my husband and I. Yeah. And if you had to name three positive adjectives about you as a mother, what would they be? Okay. What would they be? Um, I would say caring, intelligent, because we, we have a joke that mom knows everything, <laughs> um, and trustworthy. Great. That is great. I ask the same questions to every guest and I love the questions because it helps women to think about the positive aspects of their mothering journey. So thank you for sharing those answers with us. Casey, before we go, I'd love for you to share with my listeners any last words of advice or encouragement. Uh, you know, I, I will say one thing that I always say and I, which I think is so important. It's one of my favorite sayings and it's... um. And I'm going to forget exactly how to say it now because I'm on the spot. But this is basically what it is. Um, be brave. Um, no, actually, can I say that again? Yes. <laughs> it's pretend to be brave um, because no one knows the difference. So I always, I, I'm kind of the world, you know, fake it till you make it um, because then you will eventually make it. And so to go out there and do whatever, we live in America and we're blessed and we've won the lottery in that sense, um, the women here. So I would just say, be brave, do exactly what you want to do and don't let anything get in your way. That is great advice, Casey. And I want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. And thank you, Melissa. And, and happy Mother's Day to all of your listeners, too. Thank you. And listeners, don't forget to connect with Casey at CaseyDeStefano.com and listen to her podcast, Women with Balls in the Air. And I will add all of the links in the show notes for you. I hope that you all enjoyed listening to this Mother's Day show, and I hope you love the three mom podcasters that I decided to feature. I thought it might be fun for me to answer the questions that I asked them to answer. So I'm going to do that now, but I really want my mom listeners to do it too. I'll also add those in the show notes for you so you don't need to write them down now. What is the thing I enjoy most about being a mom? Well, I enjoy watching my kids succeed at something, whether it's dance, cheer, a sport, or just anything at all that they do. I love watching them grow into little humans that can accomplish what they set out to do. What makes me proudest as a mom? I am proudest when I see my children make the right decisions. I always guide them as best I can, but I never force them into doing something. But when they choose correctly, I am always so proud of them. What is my best mom superpower? My superpower is that I'm really good at talking to the kids. If they need advice or they need support, I usually know the right things to say to get them feeling better. What do I want my kids to remember most about their childhood? I definitely would want them to remember the love that we shared. We may not take lots of vacations or have lots of fancy things, but I don't think that matters in the long run. I want them to remember the feeling of love that they received while growing up. If I had to name three positive adjectives about me as a mother, what would they be? This is always the hard question, right? Well, I gave it a lot of thought 
And I know that I'm patient, I am understanding, and I'm kind. So how about you? I am challenging you to answer those, and I will post those questions in the Facebook group as well, and I'll look forward to seeing your answers there. If you're not already a member, you can join at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. Thank you all so much for listening today. I know this show was longer than usual, but I hope that it brought you great, great value. And I want to wish all of my moms out there, bio and bonus moms, a wonderful Mother's Day. Enjoy your children. And hopefully this week, take some time to do something for yourself. You deserve it. Feedback can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Join me next week where we will get right back into mental health awareness. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.